It's on. Boom. We got two ice cold openings today. Two ice cold bush lattes because JC has had one fucking hell of a week. And we'll just start out with it red hot. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Covert Show episode number 77. And boy, howdy, wouldn't you guys know it? The, the good old Mother Nature decided not to give anybody a break. It's been snowing across the Midwest once again, and we're so excited for it. We're so happy about it. Winter set is currently getting about another one to five inches, apparently, is what I heard. There was a snow squall over in freaking Nebraska, and one of the towns as close to my family was getting absolutely pelted. This guy had a video of it. You couldn't see past his front porch down to the road, and it's a small town. Mm. I mean, like, it's a, it's a drive-through. It's a couple of twists and turns, and you're pretty much out of the town. Like, it's a tiny town. And so then, you know what? We're just chilling here. But we got the good old cold openings. We got two bush lattes. Nick's got a couple more in case this one decides to just, you know, hit the heartstrings a little bit, which apparently for JC, 2024 gotta, has already. We got to jump into the weather before that. We, got, <laughs> we have an opportunity now to bless the folks here in episode number 77 before I. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on it, but we're going to talk about it. It's- Hold on one second. This Covert Show Meteorology Report is brought to you by Bushlight. Boy, <laughs> get we off. wish. But we here really we do. Go. We're talking about winter weather advisories across, <laughs> wait for it, uh, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Kentucky, I believe. Let's take a look. See, yep. Winter weather advisory for Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, parts of Virginia, parts of North Carolina, the wet, the westernmost parts. Uh, and then you get into New Jersey's got some. Oh my. Uh, Maryland's got some winter storm warnings for parts of Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, maybe the tip of New York State, but we're just going to say it's all in Pennsylvania. A little bit in Kentucky. West Virginia's got a bunch. And then southern New Jersey has a winter storm warning as well. And let's not forget our West Coast friends. Uh, Northwest in Washington State has a couple of winter storm warnings and a winter weather advisory, as does parts of Oregon and parts of, I think we're looking at a hard freeze watch just north of Houston in Texas, parts of Louisiana, parts of Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and uh, there's a hard freeze warning for Georgia and, or uh, make that Alabama and Mississippi. So there's a lot going on in the old uh, weather department. As uh, like you said, oh. what, two to four inches of snow here in northwest Iowa. Uh, the thing about it is tonight winds are supposed to crank because, you know, of course it is. Duh. Wind, uh, winter weather advisory slated to be done by 6 a.m. on Friday. We're hoping, uh, which is the day this episode is going to be coming out because I'm hitting the road Friday. Woo! So, we're going to have it out on Friday. Oh, boy. it is. <laughs> I am here for it. Let me tell you. Uh, and then we go into the hazardous weather outlook for this weekend. Uh, cold on Friday night and Saturday as wind chill values as cold as 20 to 25 below zero. Yikes. 
and F's oh. in the chat for pretty much everybody that is north. Well, pretty much everybody that's not like Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. If you guys have warm weather, be thankful. And if you guys are in a southern state where you guys are complaining about the cold, get over it. Come <laughs> come to come to Iowa. Go to Wisconsin. Come to Nebraska. Go to North like, Dakota. Seriously. Go to North Dakota oh, because it, that is that is prime terrible weather. Also, wind chill advisories for Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Far Eastern Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee, Northern Mississippi. Good Lord. Uh, looks like Northern Georgia. Uh, and that, oh, and Northern Maine which seems so random compared to everything else. That is... Uh, so there you go. And then southern part of Texas is looking at a freeze watch and a dense fog advisory currently on this Thursday evening, the 18th of January. And that is your weather report brought to you by Bush, <laughs> Bush Light. <laughs> Not really, but boy, there, uh, there's a good opportunity. So A couple of winter storm warnings to add at the last second here in southern uh, Wyoming as well. Good Lord. The winter weather is just kicking everybody's ass. And I think, I th- uh, one, real quick, we talk about the bush light thing. Well, I went to Shields the other day, and I was just walking around the store because I needed to get out of the apartment because I get out every once in a while, but it's just like one of those where I just had to get out and walk around. Like, I was bored out of my mind. And so I'm going. to shut in and just doesn't <laughs> want to tell anybody that. Secretly. Sh- he hasn't gotten out since 2023. <laughs> well, that's actually false, but close enough. But I was walking around freaking Shields, and there's always been a shirt that I've been looking around, and I ended up buying it. Probably one of the best purchases ever, and I think I'm going to buy my uncle this for his birthday. And he has no social media, so he has no idea that this is coming. But it, it, it literally is a Bush Light shirt, and I'm currently wearing it on the podcast today. So we, boy. we've got the good old, quote, sponsorship. In the works, so Bush Light, if we tag in something, please let us know. We appreciate it. We drink it responsibly. Sometimes we drink Nick it. Nick is fishing <laughs> harder for this than I am, and I would be hella enthused. But Nick is like praying to praying to the Lord above that he can get us some Bush lattes. Dude. Yeah, I tell you, I I hope I'm trying to think back because I was talking to you before we started recording. So I think the last time I had a beer in 2024 that was in January 1st, and I think this may be the first one uh, well, here in congrats, 2024 man. outside of New Year's Day because, you know, trying to be healthy. But trying to, this trying weekend, to start that workout this kick. This weekend going to Newark, forget it. Forget about it, eh? Forget about it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, the uh, healthy, healthy streak is, uh, well, it ended today, but it was going to end <laughs> tomorrow either way, so whatever. 24 hours ain't we'll, going to we'll, make a difference. We'll reevaluate when we come back next week. Oh. I hope I hope to have another good story uh, like we shared on our social media about walking around in shorts and then plunging <laughs> shin deep into the snow. Oh, dude, okay. My so... moment of terror of, you know, the other part of that snowstorm when you're walking around is, you know that moment of terror when you're, like, on the edge of the sidewalk and you're not quite sure where the, like, drop-off is, where yes. the curb is? So you, like, step and you, like, partially catch it or you, like, step straight down on the side of the curb? Yep. Yeah, that 
that's another thing. When you're wearing shorts and you about wipe out doing that, yeah, there's no coming back. We went. Yeah, you're gonna be like running back to the apartment because you're gonna be frosty, <laughs> fellas. We went to put out some put out some stuff for deer for the winter to just kind of help them get through it. And one of the places that we were at, it got more snow than I think anything, and it's a little bit further south than here. And freaking, I'm walking on this, and because we're trying to open one of the gates to get into the property and like to get to get back where we need to go. And I'm walking on this snow, and it's literally like the top of my desk. Like, it's two feet of, like, compact snow. So, like, I'm standing on it, and then finally my foot breaks on it. And I was like, holy shit. And I look down. It's up to, like, the middle of my, like, it's all the way up past my shin, like, about to touch my knee. And I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, how the hell? Like, we got, I think, like, a foot of snow here. And this is only a few, this ain't very far from where we're at, or maybe it it's farther than where the storm was getting heavier at, but holy shit, I was walking around in like two feet of freaking snow, trying to figure it all out. We ended up getting, getting through, getting back to doing everything. But I mean, it's the winter weather has officially kicked everybody's ass. And like I said earlier, and this is the point that I stand by a hundred percent. Cause I've had friends from down South that have said this and I've had a couple of friends move down South. If you guys are complaining about 20-degree weather, it was 20 degrees yesterday, and it's going to be 30 this week, and I told one of the guys at a gas station today, I was like, dude, I'm going to be sitting out in a lawn chair in 36 degrees after a whole entire week and a half of negative, like, just negative. It's almost a 60-degree swing from where we were last weekend when it was, like, 20 below, and it's supposed to be, like, 30 something on Sunday and it's like yeah that's like a 50 degree swing it's ridiculous it's like normally when you think about going on because Newark's gonna have the same stuff and normally you think about going on vacation like 35 isn't like doing cartwheels for it but boy I tell you what to your point 35 is gonna feel great compared to what we have been even today where it's like cold ish where it's like five below and feels like 25 below after the weekend where it was like 20 below and felt like 50 below even that's like well that's not so bad yeah you start getting you start getting warmer and the swings start coming in oh my goodness and i'm sorry for throwing all y'all under the bus and you guys can say well we don't deal with it as much it's like guys come come move up here for a couple of weeks and really see what it's like and then go back down and 20 degrees ain't so bad but we deal with 80 degrees throughout the most of the year trust me i know i've been down to alabama where your guys' spring is still 45 degree difference from what it is here in iowa i, get I it. love a long time ago i went oh. to arizona arizona had it a uh, meteorologist at the time it was somewhere between 75 and 80 this guy called it sweatshirt weather at what? 75. And I was like, no, so this was probably, I don't know if it's been 10 years ago, <laughs> no. but it's somewhere in the last 10 years. And they're like, 75 is sweat, sweatshirt weather. And I'm like, no, what, buddy, you are sorely like mistaken. 75, I can live in 75 <laughs> all year and not be mad about it one oh. day of the year. Dude, we would go down to Arizona for baseball at BV and it would be freaking, it would be a godsend. And we'd be sitting down there and we would be hot and just even our whole baseball uniform. Like if I had a light jacket on for BP in the morning, I was taking it off as soon as I was like an hour into the BP workout. Like after we were done stretching, sleeves came off. We had the undershirt was on, baseball pants were on. I mean, I mean, I was still sweating my ass off. And I mean, 
if you think that 75 degrees in Arizona is sweater weather, no. You're kidding yourself. Grow up. Bye. See ya. Next meteorologist, come at us with a come at us with your opinion. Whatever state you're at, we're willing to argue because 75 in sweatshirts? Come on, dude. That's psycho, man. Oh. Well, that's also coming from the state where people were. State where people were what? What the hell? Psycho in their own own respect. Okay, you cut out there for a sec. You said the state where people what? Where the old short pants. Oh, that is true. 25 below. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, it's that pristine internet we're working with out here, but that's yes. probably what got me. We have, if if you guys are new to the podcast, which normally all of our viewers know, we do not have the best when it comes to connective services to be able to We've bring had this two to- episodes in a row to start out 2024 where everybody uh, has all the setup and we're not, like, guessing like the last one of 2023 where it was like, I had to turn everything up all the way before being like, God, I can barely hear him. Hopefully this is working. Oh, but yes. I think we deserve props for that. We do deserve props kind for that. Kind of sad, but, you know. We're, we're trying to bring it to you guys as best we can, and honestly, if you guys think that we're not, we're not real and we're cutting this, no, this is cut dry or just give it to you bare bones and just take it and go with it because we're giving it straight to you guys so without further also, ado quick side note here I want to give a shout out to the las vegas golden knights who are currently two nothing over the rags of new york marcia Stone on a goal with an assist from nicholas wah and Haig. ivan barbashev with a goal Three minutes later, as uh, Wah and Marshall. So, with four minutes and eight seconds to go at the time we're recording this, Vegas has scored two goals on eight shots on the goalie of, let's take a look, is it quick or, oh, it's Shesterkin. Oh, my God, they're lighting up Shesterkin. All right, well, pardon my enthusiasm, but I'm a big Rangers fan over here. I was going to say, if you guys haven't figured out who the bag in New York is for hockey, it's the Rangers fan coming from the Devils fan. Who, and I will say it. One of the biggest uh, rivalries in the uh, league, but, you know, whatever. It is. And I will say, because I think this will hop us right into the NHL talk. Earlier this past, what was it, this past week, I think it was, the Devils Mm -hmm. ended up beating the Panthers, so. Hell yeah. JC got a little bit of some. Devils. He got some rub in on that one Let's there for the week. <laughs> I think we have all gotten our gotten our licks on each other and been able to throw a couple of hands in the group chat for the podcast. But I mean, still, it's it's been a fun. I can't really say still on not watching a ton of hockey throughout the year yet. I'm getting close to when I'm going to start finally tuning in. Maybe I can watch a little bit of the Panthers game before I come come by. Also, fun fact of the week tomorrow. Your boys are back at meeting up again as JC and RC go fly out to go to Newark and Nick's stuck in good old Eula. We're going to go meet up tomorrow, <laughs> grab some food, get a maybe a couple of ice-cold brewskis and just hang out being boys. But anyhow... The boys will be the boys, man. That they will. The Devils... I was going to say, I can tell you haven't been watching much Devils hockey because when you say this year has been fun for hockey... Has it, though? I mean, for me, from what I've kept up with my stats. <laughs> well, your team's also 27 and 13 and 4. 
second in the Eastern Atlantic Division with 58 points, which is better than everybody in the Metropolitan. So, so I mean, okay. I'm having fun. Relax. Relax. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> Take a chill. Take a chill pill. I've had enough of you pretending that just because your team's so much better than mine. Anyway. He's still, I can tell you right now. Frankly, he's still, I have had he's, enough. This is going to be the shortest podcast I've ever been a part of. All right, calm down. And frankly, I am here for it. <laughs> uh, I had to break that up. Oh, Vegas is on a power play in the tail end of the uh, first period. Like Nick recovers from, I'm good. frankly... The biggest surprise of the entire podcast. He's gonna probably. It. He's gonna probably blame China for losing in the in the playoffs last year. He's probably gonna say that the the Chinese had something to do with it, or it was probably Mike Pence. Mike Pence was a great man. I love Mike Pence. I hate Mike Pence. Good lord, that's our political. That's our political rant for political the day. Here, but I just. <laughs> I just felt like we needed to, I needed to throw that out there. Cause, uh, I was like, for a second there, I was like, what the hell? And then I caught on to two more words, and I was like, oh, look who it is. He's back. <laughs> look who's making another tremendous appearance. Everybody's saying it. Everybody's been looking forward to it, quite frankly. <laughs> all right, we got to get to the NHL because I can Let's do this go. all day. <laughs> We're not uh, going to do it anymore. I don't want to make whole podcast my bad uh, impersonation. Uh, we'll talk about the games today. Actually, we'll talk about the Devils' absolute un- coming unglued against the Canadians yesterday. Florida lost as well, but that's far less significant. It was in overtime, so the Panthers took a point against Detroit. Uh, you'll take that. Woohoo! However, the New Jersey Devils are <laughs> they're they're in the playoff race, but it doesn't feel like it. And I'll explain that coming up. But they played the Canadians yesterday, which if you know anything about hockey, Montreal is okay, kind of. The Devils got down two to nothing after two periods. Then went on a power play, which they scored twice on, on a four-minute power play to start the third period. Alexander Holtz gets benched. Why is that significant, you're thinking to yourself? Well, here's why. He scores the game-tying goal in the third period, and he barely plays the rest of the game. How can you pull the guy that scores your game-tying goal and leave him on the bench? That's a great question. Do not score a five-on-five goal. They squandered two power plays. They give up the game losing goal to Cole Caulfield in the final five minutes of the game. Uh, there's so much going on in Newark right now, man. I mean, the goalie, the, we, we, we've got a good one in Nico Dawes, and that's the youngster I talked about last time that's come in and played well. I'm not talking about him when I'm talking about the goalie situation. Vitek Vanacek continues. I don't know. I don't know if the Devils are waiting for the perfect guy to come out that they can, you know, bring in. The Tech Vanacek is statistically the worst goalie in the NHL. That's not a joke. I wish I was kidding. It was uh, Ilya Samsonov, I think was his name, uh, out of Montreal before they put him down in the AHL. Actually, I think he went down further than that, but it doesn't really matter for this conversation. 
Now, Vitek Vanacek is statistically the worst goalie in the league. It might be time if you have playoff aspirations to, I don't know, get a goalie that's decent. I mean, you got a whole bunch out there, Gibson, uh, Markstrom, you've got uh, Elvis Merzlikin out of Columbus, which is apparently he doesn't, uh, they won't extend Merzlikin. You have to try something because the Devils are on the brink of the playoffs. If they win last night, they're a playoff team. If the season ended today, prior to everybody else playing. So it's not like they're out of it. I mean, they're seventh in the division, which sounds terrible until you realize if they win, they flip to fifth. And then if they won again and Washington lost, they'd be fourth. Like, they're right around the playoff spot, but, boy, there is a lot. I mean, the Devils have been riddled with injuries, but so has most other teams. I mean, the Devils are down, uh, let's see, Brendan Smith, Jack Hughes, uh, Curtis Lazar has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Dougie Hamilton's out with a pectoral injury till March. I mean, you're missing a lot of important pieces here. But last night was just the epitome of, I don't know if it's time to make a coaching change or not. You know, if you would have asked me this two weeks ago, month ago, I would have been like, Lindy Ruff should stay. But there is some really weird decision-making stuff going on in Newark that makes me think, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to start thinking about it. But uh, those were the two games yesterday. Games today going on. Oh, I guess I should talk about the Florida game. Uh, Reinhardt scored and Forsling scored. Florida blew a 2-1 lead and would lose in overtime. Larkin would score in overtime to knock off the Panthers. Games today, Sabres blank the bad Blackhawks. Bruins thumped the Avalanche in a couple of playoff contending teams there, 5-2. Uh, Pasternak had uh, at least one. Let's see here. Uh, Pasternak had hat trick in the game. There you go. That'll help you win. Uh, Senators thumped the Canadians. Uh, Brady Kachuk scores in the win as uh, good old Senators get back on track 6-2. Uh, Flyers thump the Stars 5-1. Lightning thump the Wild, who are not very good at all, actually. 7-3. Capitals get by the Blues 5-2. Game's going on now at the end of 2 the Calgary Flames have blown a 2-0 lead and trail 4-3 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Former Devil, former devil easy for me to say, Yegor Sharangovich scores his 19th. Uh, that game's not gone final. We'll try to update finals uh, when we get them as this is going along. Uh, end of the second in Edmonton, the White Hot Oilers continue to play well. Uh, Seattle blows a 2-0 lead in that game. Uh, Fogel, Dreisaitl, and Fogel score in that. That's 3-2 after two. After one, Reds and Kings are tied at nothing. Uh, after one in Vancouver, the Coyotes and the Canucks are tied at one. Remarkable stat line out of that. Coyotes have shot four times in the first period and still have a tied. So props to them for that. Uh, we talked about it. Vegas is up two nothing over the Rangers in the at the end of one. 
I think they squandered the power play. I'm looking at that here real quick. Uh, yes, they did indeed squander that power play. However, up to nothing. You don't hate to see it. As uh, that's a run through right now, <clears throat> which brings us to what's. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. This is going to become an annoying segment for me just because I don't, I, the devils are going to be tough. <laughs> if they can make a play, they're, they're not, the way they've played, they're not going to go deep if they get there. And that's a big if at this point. I mean, look at this weekend. You got Columbus on Friday. You go back to back with Dallas and Newark on Saturday. And the devils are horrible. And back to backs this year, they're like one seven and one, I think one six and one. They are horrible on back to backs. So you go Columbus, then you go Dallas, and then you turn around on Monday and play Vegas. So there's, you'd like to think you can win two of them, but I also thought we could beat Montreal last night. So we'll see. We'll start in the West for the standings in the divisions. Winnipeg's rolling. 62 points. Colorado's played three more games than Winnipeg and has one less point. Dallas at 57. Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, Minnesota, and Chicago wrap up the Central uh, Pacific. It is Vancouver rolling in every sort of way right now. They've won seven of their last ten. Eight of the last ten have been point games for them there. 62 points to lead the Pacific. A seven-point cushion over Vegas. Uh, the Kings, 41 games played at 50 points. Edmonton is right there, and if I am Vegas fans and Kings fans, I guess to a lesser degree, Edmonton is coming back with a vengeance, baby. 49 points. They've played four less games than Vegas, and they're only six points behind them. So quick math will tell you that lead is not necessarily safe. Uh, Edmonton's won their last 11 they're 2-0 and in the shootout on the year as well with a plus-23 goal difference, a team that was not good earlier this year. Rest of the division, Calgary, Seattle, Anaheim, and San Jose, who is the worst team in the entire league. Fun fact, with a lowly 24 points. So we switch over to the Superfund Eastern Atlantic Division where Boston resides on top because, of course, they do. 63 points, followed by Florida with 58. Florida's won seven of their last ten. They've lost two overtime games in that span, so nine of their last ten games have had points towards standing. So playing good hockey. I think that one loss in the last ten is probably the Devils game, to be completely honest with you. Detroit and Tampa at 51. The rest of the division, Toronto, Montreal, Buffalo, and Ottawa. Then we come into the Metro division. Rangers lead the division with 58 points. They have a two-game cushion on Philly, who's at 56. Carolina's 53, Washington at 50. The rest of the division, Pittsburgh, New York, New Jersey, and Columbus. For those keeping score, yes, the Devils are second to last in the Metro. The only team worse than us are the Blue Jackets, who have beaten us this year and have Elvis Merzlikan has uh, only allowed the Devils to score one goal in that game. Worst game I've watched all year, even with last night, was that game, because I think that was the day after Thanksgiving. Wild card and the Atlantic, it's Boston. 
Florida and Detroit Metro, Rangers, Flyers, and Hurricanes, Wild Card, Tampa, Toronto. The Devils currently three points out of the Wild Card spot. If they were to get there, right now they'd go to Boston in the first round. This could be interesting. This may be the only part of this that could be fascinating. The Devils on paper, if they were the second Wild Card and Florida played out of their mind, could be playing Florida in the first round, obviously 44 of 82 completed. So there's a lot of season left Uh, on the West side, Winnipeg, Colorado and Dallas in the central Vancouver, Vegas and Los Angeles in the Pacific Edmonton, Nashville, the first two wild cards, Calgary, Seattle, both two points back. So break it down here for you a little bit more. The series, if it started today, would be Dallas at Colorado for a seven-game series. Uh, Vegas and the Kings would match up. The Preds would go to Winnipeg, and the Edmonton Oilers would play the Canucks on the Eastern Conference, Florida and Detroit, Philly and Carolina, Toronto and Boston. Say goodbye to any playoff aspirations, Maple Leafs, if that was the case and Tampa and the Rangers. And on that note, the old hockey season keeps on keeping on. Nick talked about it, but good old RC and I are going to be flying out to beautiful, balmy New (laughs) Jersey. 30 attempts by the time we roll around uh, over there. Uh, Saturday night we'll be taking in the good old Dallas Stars in Newark. Uh, to take on my Devils. Sunday, we'll be out on the island where the Dallas Stars are taking on the Islanders. Monday, back to Newark where the Golden Knights and Devils will be on the NHL Network. On paper, could be an interesting game because Jack Eichel is gone with a lower body surgery that I think they've completed. Golden Knights and Devils, record-wise, remarkably, aren't that different now. Vegas has won three more games, and that's it. It's amazing to me. And then Tuesday night, we will be back out on the island to watch the good old Golden Knights and the Islanders tangle. So there you go. That's what's coming up in the good old NHL. And then tomorrow night, the Devils and Blue Jackets. I'm trying to catch part of that game. Might pain me. Might shut it off on the drive. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to at least turn it on. You know, you can't, you can't be a fan just when the team's good. Not a lecture I need to hear being a Blue Jays and Devils fan. But anyway, I digress on that. As uh, There you go. That's a look at the old NHL. And, and I think I set you up for a pretty good roll in there here in a second. Well, we all know Nick's, Nick's hockey words of wisdom. <laughs> we, just, we just let JC take over. But still, though, that, I mean... If you, you said it earlier, if the Panthers start playing out of their mind and New Jersey picks it up a little bit, there could be a different story when it comes to the wild card. And you said it, there's still over 40 games left to be played here of hockey throughout the rest of the season. And as we all know in sports, a lot of things can happen and teams can flip on a dime. So I would not count the Devils out of the playoffs just yet. And I would also say that you can't put the Panthers – anywhere close to being still in the top three by the next end of 40 games. I would like to see him be at the, be in the top, but, you know, 
Shit happens. The one thing that I did fail to mention, rankings for everybody, we'll start in the East. Your Panthers are number three. The Devils are number 12 of 16. And Vegas is number five. Now, league standings, Panthers are six. Vegas is nine. And the Devils are 20. Uh, hurts me to say 20 of 32 for those keeping score. Not even in the top half of the league anymore. Uh, Golden Knights are almost not a top 10 team, which is remarkable how much they've fallen off. And, uh, Florida is right around the top five. So, you know, right where everybody expected to be, you know, only one of those teams actually that's true for, and that would be the old Panthers. The Devils have not been good. And Vegas has been okay, I guess. Uh, the They're problem for Vegas the is they played so many. Well, they don't have a goalie. That's that's the big problem with them. And now that Jack Eichel's gone, although the Rangers haven't slowed him down one bit so far, uh, Jack Eichel being gone will hurt him as well. Uh, that game is in the intermission still. Uh, no new score updates as all the games we've talked about are still on the intermission. So excellent. Yeah, there you go. But that's a look at that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's irritating a little bit with the stuff going on in New Jersey, but at the end of the day, there's nothing I can do. And I mean, you like to make fun of me for it. I still stew on the blue Jays collapse in the playoffs this last year. And that happened. Oh God, that happened four months ago, three months ago, whatever that math is. And I still stew on it. I I watched one of the games with my own eyes in the stadium and I still can't believe it happened. Well, but that is sports. You know, you're not going to win the title every year and you're, unless your select fan base is talking about you, Boston. Uh, you're not going to have good teams year in and year out in every single sport you have. So that is facts. I can't. It's it's weird to say that though, because Boston will, for some reason, find any way, whether it's hockey, baseball, excuse me, basketball, or um, they're always football. good. There's it there's always matter. a Boston team somewhere sniffing the playoffs. This and that's year. why when Bill Belichick left, everybody's like, well, you know, we're got told to go or whatever the hell happened there. And when the, uh, the Red Sox weren't that good last year, everybody has no sympathy for you. No, but the Bruins like are still doing Like when the New York Yankees missed the playoffs. Oh. Like nobody is sad when the New York Yankees missed the playoffs. I'm sorry. No. And that's not just my AL East bias coming through because I don't like them. <laughs> that's just that's just everybody being that, a Yankees side by. I don't like everybody in that division. Baltimore is like the only one I tolerate, but because that's because they suck. Typically, <laughs> not now they don't. But like, I don't like Tampa. I really don't like Tampa. Boston's annoying on principle. You know the Yankees are the Yankees also are just the annoying Yankees. on principle. Yeah. Everybody has that team in sports to where it's like, okay, we hate this, and hate's a strong word, but when it comes to the sports world, hate is the true correct word for loathe. that. It's loathe. loathe. Yes, loathe. <laughs> Just, I'm picturing the Grinch and Jim Carrey. Hate, 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 hate. Loathe. <laughs> it just blends at the back. That's pretty much it. You set your checklist up yeah. and you've got the team. Because here's the thing. 
everybody has, we should do a tier list of teams across like all sports that we both like low, low. Cause there's a difference between like, there's an annoying tier, a, a hate dislike tier. And then there's a, I will not root for that team if it's the last team on the planet tier. Okay. So here, let's do this off. The, I'm doing this off the top of my win here. Cause now I have, oh. I currently have all these posted up here. So, or well, at least not posted up, but so for the for the NBA, these are the teams that I think are the most disliked teams. The Celtics are up there because of their past back in like the seventies and eighties. The Celtics are up there for people. I think when the Cavs took over with LeBron James, I think you can toss those up, toss that entire team up there. If you want to go for the rest of it, Golden State I think is a team that not a lot of people like. They like to see the downfall of that. The Lakers you could throw up on that list. Going to, let's call it the NFL first, because we'll go through that on the standings here. Um, Cowboys fans and just the Cowboys. Yep, Cowboys. Packers. The Pats are up there. Packers are up there for people. I would say that. Steelers, depending on where you're at. Very true. Steelers are up on that list. We'll throw it to the MLB now. If my computer decides to load. Yeah, the Rangers. Well, okay, no, the the Rangers Rangers is just for you. The Rangers are more of a personal thing for any Blue Jay fan. The Rangers, almost anybody in the AL East that is not Baltimore and not Toronto. um, I'm trying to think on the NL side of Dodgers, maybe, I I guess. I was going to say, you got to throw the Dodgers in there. The Giants Um, are up there for people just because of their years. the Giants don't bother me because the Giants, when they were winning, were doing it, you know, every other year. But I don't know. They just didn't bother me all that much. Well, I'm just talking about, like, the most disliked team throughout, like, sports in general of just, like, Dodgers and Yankees. Dodgers and Yankees are up there for baseball. You can throw the Bo Sox in there. Um, We did the NBA. Card- Cardinals are probably on that yeah, list. Cardinals are on there, especially for me. I, w- I would say you could. I'm just meaning in general. I mean, yeah. Cardinals, Yankees, and Dodgers are three of those teams that, like, two of the three kind of. An, uh, the Cardinals don't bother me one bit. I'll be completely honest with you. The Cardinals don't bother me one bit, you know. But the Cardinals are one you hear people talk about a lot just because. Up until recently, they've been that perennial playoff team. Yeah. Like we're talking about that team that's like every year they're going to be there. You know, it's a matter of if they're going to win enough to, you know, get to where they want to be. Yeah. But they'll be there. They're either going to win the division, they'll get into the wild card, they'll probably make the division series. Um, About 85% of the time, I could say they'll probably, if they make the playoffs, they find their way into the championship series for the NLCS. Whether or not they make the World Series, that's on them. Normally, everybody is well, especially the last couple of years, though, where the Yankees have. You can tell somewhat... Nick doesn't like the Cardinals based on this well-formulated argument that he had just off the cuff. I'm I like the baseball man. The Yankees have been a team that, as soon as they make the playoffs, everybody's moaning and groaning, yada yada yada. The Bo Sox are the same well, way. Well, when they make the ALCS every year and get smacked by Houston. Yeah. Oh, throw Houston on that list now for everybody to well, dislike. That's because they cheated. That's because they cheated. Okay, besides that, too. That's like one of the very What beside that what? That's enough for everybody to hate you. You you openly cheated to get a title to which MLB is like, eh, 
that's fine. Like, there's no problem with that. You know why they do like, that? You know why they do that slap on the wrist thing? You know who they learned it from? It's a good old organization called the NCAA. Why they're going to say NFL? Because the NFL that does the too. exact same thing. And the NCAA <laughs> learned it from the NFL. And you know who the NFL learned it from? The freaking Dallas Cowboys. Boom! Conspiracy theory revoked. Cowboys! <laughs> I was waiting Here's until we officially got the NFL talk to start roasting this, the Cowboys, but I'll do it right is, now. This is a great segue, and I'm going to do it one more time because we're not going to be able to do it anymore the rest of the year. Do it! Until we recap the playoffs, but how about them Cowboys? Oh, oh. my God, how do you give up 48 to Jordan Love? Hey, oh, my God, what but is But, brother, happening? I called it. I told you the Cowboys are going to lose to the, the pack, baby. Dallas Cowboys. It, oh and I, my I, gosh! I don't like Green Bay, but this has nothing to do with that because you. And I've talked about earlier on this podcast uh, last week. I don't watch a lot of pro. I didn't watch a second of football. Oh, over the weekend. you missed out, man! I cannot believe the Dallas Cowboys gave up at home. Oh, it, dude! It was so. It was so bad. I mean, Dak looked like he was. Oh, dude, It so Dak threw two picks. One was a pick six that they called down by contact to Jair Alexander. The other one was, uh, I think, later in the second half or, or later in the first half, something like that. But they gave up 27 un- – they gave up 20 unanswered to start rolling out the game. I mean, Jordan Love looked – 27-7 at half. Yeah. You're at home. Unreal. And I think at one point it was – Four, I want. I can't remember the order of forty-eight, sixteen. I think at one point in the fourth quarter, before they get two garbage time touchdowns, you're losing to Green Bay, who barely won half their games this year. Yeah, it's nuts. It was forty-eight to sixteen. Jordan Love looks like a freaking superstar. Sixteen and twenty-one, two seventy-two, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones, twenty-one carries. Uh, three touchdowns, 118 yards. Romeo Dubs, Dobbs, Dobbs. I don't know how the hell you Good say old it. Romeo Dobbs, baby. Six receptions, 151 yards and a touchdown. On the other side, Dak Prescott, 41 of 60, 403 yards and a loss. Yikes. Dude. Three touchdowns, two picks. Tony Pollard, 15 carries, 56 yards and a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, nine receptions, 110 yards. And, boy, it's just poetic. Every year, every year, Dallas has a good record. They go to the playoffs. They get hyped. They get smacked every year. It's so funny because I, I and every time like the guys in the office are like, okay, so what's your pick? And I'm like, I'm basing this off of his. Now I'm basing this off of history. And I did a hot pick in the office earlier this week because we were talking about the game's coming up this weekend, and I have a hot pick because um, I needed an I upset team. I also will team. say that I am fairly certain that my hot pick of last week also hit, just saying. I believe yours did because didn't you have the Texans over the Browns? Mm-mm. Who did you? Wait, who was your hot? Oh, the Bucks over Eagles. the Eagles. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, that one was another game, too, to talk about because I will say this. Baker played out of his mind, and this is the thing. I love Baker Mayfield playing with swagger once again. 
he looked like Baker when he first came into the league and started leading the Browns to the playoffs. I mean, he is he's on it. I mean, he threw a just a total garbage pass to Chris Godwin. He just lofted that up, winging a prayer. Godwin turns around, catches it on the one-yard line, waltzes in. Um, you had Kyle Otten, who was just catching balls left and right after he dropped like four, so he was making up for it. You had Evans out there still. You got Rashad White. I mean, that – and also, the Eagles – Defense couldn't tackle for shit. I mean, it was it was bad enough that you have Jason Kelsey retire after that game, and I think it was coming into if they would have whenever game they lost, he was going to retire after that. But I mean, still, it's bad enough that you lose your All Pro center to play like you did, and to have Nick Sirianni literally go as soon as they fired their defensive coordinator to go one and six. After being first in the division, first in the league, you go one and six as a team who was supposed to come back and potentially be in the Super Bowl. You guys were everybody's Super Bowl picks since, like, what? Between them and the boys, baby. Yeah. Still, and I mean, still, you can throw the Niners in the mix. I'll be fine with throwing the Niners in the mix for Super Bowl contenders, but still, I mean, holy shit. You know who this paves the way for? a magical-esque run for a team that I have on this podcast numerous times laughed out of the room when it comes to winning a division, are, are you making gonna, the playoffs, are you winning the, the playoffs. This paves the way for the Detroit Lions to, and I'm not going to overlook Tampa Bay and I'm not going to give away a pick here, but on paper, this opens up a 49ers-Lions title game, if he goes strictly by stand, by uh, rankings here. And I can't believe the Detroit Lions have a fairly legitimate shot at at least giving it a run here. Uh, they're going to be home against Tampa in the second round, but boy, I... Uh, what a what a game they played too. It looks like oh, dude, that so that game so throw it around. We'll talk about that here in a second. We'll throw it around the the wild card weekend here just to kind of clarify everybody before we get back to the Lions here. So Cleveland walks into Houston. Everybody thinking Joe Flacco is going to be the guy to start getting to to Houston. Uh, no, no. The Texans had other... (laughs) C.J. Stroud basically said, you're going to put me on the back burner once again. Nope. Goodbye. Route the Texans 45-14. The the thing about watching the Joe Flacco postgame is it's so weird. I've never seen a quarterback seem so nonchalant about losing in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I get it. The guy's been there, and this is, you know, bonus time on his career, if you will, because of the quarterbacking situation in Cleveland, but it was such a weird, like, you know, normally you feel, you know, I don't know, bad about losing, just getting your ass kicked completely, but it really just didn't seem like that in that post-game interview. I thought that was a little weird. I saw a little bit of it on the old Twitter or X, but I won't call it X specifically on this uh, podcast. It's Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was weird after that game. I mean, maybe I don't have enough context to what exactly happened with Cleveland, uh, down the stretch with Flacco, but it seemed like a weird response. And then a game that I think both of us called right after that was the Dolphins are so bad in cold weather. Oh. Again, this, I mean, 26 to seven 
on paper looks close, but when you factor in the fact that it was like 40 below feels like or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, it was like 30 below. Tyreek Hill couldn't get involved. Also, the Dolphins were missing like 11 starters due to injury before that, even prior, so they were and, walking into Kansas City underband, which you can't and, give them that excuse, but... And it's the Dolphins playing in cold weather. That too. I would love to have a, like a deep dive history of the Dolphins in postseason crap weather because aside from maybe the 80s and 90s where they played Buffalo, because that's a divisional opponent, mm-hmm. other than that, their record has to be awful. It's like the Colts back in the day with Peyton Manning where you play in a dome all year and then you have to go to Foxborough. Like, yeah. It's not going to happen for you. No. Kansas City routes Dolphins 26-7 to despite a Patrick Mahomes helmet malfunction of it was so cold uh, his that helmet picture, cracked. Oh, oh, that helmet company had to shit a brick when that happened. Bro, dude, okay, so imagine that. They were talking about it before the game, and they were like, imagine that first hit when you just get, you just get out there and you get rolling. It's like, dude, I wouldn't want to hit. Like, this is where my kind of – my soft spot will kick in. I wouldn't want to play <laughs> minus 30 below. Dude, that guy's helmet freaking Nobody broke. Does. That is That's ridiculous. Like, so the, the fans are the thing that amazes me about these games. Oh, you yeah. know, like, I understand if it's your team and it's like an AFC champion, NFC championship game. Hell, even a divisional round. But wild card weekend at home in 30 below weather and you're no hanging shot. out. <clears throat> nope. That's hella impressive. I mean, Buffalo gets their game bumped to Monday, which makes it a little bit better. But for Kansas City, oh, man, oh. you got to really want it. People you got to really want it. People were selling people tickets. People couldn't sell their tickets. Yeah, and they were selling people them for 50 bucks. Because, yeah, people couldn't sell their tickets because people were like, oh yeah, no, I don't want to go down to that. Are you kidding me? At that point, though. I bought a ticket. I'm just getting myself a fireball blanket, and I'm loading up. <laughs> We're going in and seeing how long it lasts. I mean, but that's the thing. If you bought a ticket, sure. But, like, oh my gosh, unless dude. you're already in, like, Kansas City, that secondary market of buying it at 50 bucks, it's like everybody's like, oh, I want to go to Buffalo and scoop the snow, which we'll talk about in a second. Oh. How the hell are you going to get there? Yeah. That snow is already gone, dude. Like, you've already missed it. They're not going to fly into the stadium so you can go scoop snow. Oh. Like, yeah, it's, it's just wild to me. But, yeah, the Chiefs roll. Not a big surprise there. Nope. Uh, Buffalo looked like they were going to kick the ever-loving dog shit out of Pittsburgh, at least according to the box score here. Uh, 21-7 at half. This game goes to a... Score of 31-17, Josh Allen, three touchdowns, Mason Rudolph, a couple of touchdowns, did throw a pick, 229 for his total yards, so outgained old Josh Allen as well. Oh, hold on uh, here. Buffalo. We'll go for the final score first here. <laughs> or go for whatever you were saying, and then I'll get to my, get to my rant. Uh, Buffalo now will match up with the good old – Kansas City Chiefs in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Ravens get the Texans, 49ers get the Packers, and the Buccaneers go to Ford Field in Balmy, Detroit. So here's here's where I'm going to pawn in on this here. Um, one, this kind of bleeds off of the Lions game and the Rams game, which we'll talk about as well here, but Pittsburgh was driving down the field versus Buffalo when it was already 31-17. 
and there was a controversial pass interference call that was not called on George Pickens. And obviously, you're going down the field like that, and pass interference is not called. I was talking to Kenny, and everybody knows, a.k.a. Dr. Jack. We were both watching the Detroit game versus the Rams. There were nine pass interference calls that I think I witnessed that were not called, that should have been called, and one ref had his entire hands away from his pocket the entire time. Now, I I understand the let them play rule at times, but dude, when there's blatant PIs that you got to call and you still don't throw a flag and nobody else around you throws a flag, it goes back to when the Saints were playing. I think it was the or who were the Saints playing when that PI got the Rams. Yeah, the Rams. It goes back and to the that. Saints got oh screwed, dude. Oh my god! And the guy that hit it literally is like, yeah, I was just making sure he didn't score. Like oh they gosh. got screwed. It's like one of those moments where you kind of start really thinking about how many PIs are really missed, and it's the same thing. Everybody's going to argue the, well, Michigan had holding calls that were missed in the national title game. That's besides the point as well because, I mean, we could go on that. I thought I had another battery here for my camera. Did I not bring it in? I did not bring it in. Oh, no. Well, that sucks. Oh, no. Give me one second. Give me one second. We'll be right back. We'll go around We'll go around the old NHL line. Nick uh, tries to get <laughs> tries to get uh, back on track here. NHL as uh, we're looking around here, pulling it up. Third period, eleven twenty to go. It is the Flames and Maple Leafs tied at four. Back to back Calgary goals as he raised a two goal lead after the Flames jumped out to a two nothing lead. Saw Toronto score four in a row. Then the old uh, Flames scored back-to-back goals. Uh, we do have uh, no goal additions in the Kraken versus Oilers. That's a 9-12 to go third period. It is Edmonton 3, Seattle 2. We have a score in the Preds game. O'Reilly scores. It's a one to nothing lead, 11-45 to go in the second as the Preds lead the Kings. Coyotes and Canucks have... No score difference. Coyotes have outshot the Canucks in the first 10 minutes, unofficially 7-zip. Shout out to the Coyotes being better than everybody thought they'd be. Uh, 10 minutes to go in the second. Vegas leads the New York Rangers by a score of 2-0. Again, goals from Marchessault as well as Barbashev. Uh, No new scores to update. Uh, but it was earlier the Caps beat the Blues 5-2. Lightning hangs 7 on the Wild. We break this one down a little bit further for you here. Minnesota sucks, by the way. Uh, <laughs> goals from Hedman, Sorelli, Morella. Morelli, Morella, I think. Uh, Point, Stamkos, Icemont. I'm not familiar with that guy either. Sorelli had a second one. Uh, 38-33 on shots. How about this one? Three for three on the power play. That's your difference in the game. I mean, it doesn't need stated because it's obvious. But, boy, you go that well on the power play, you're going to win more nights than not. As uh, Yeah, there's your score updates as uh, everybody's pretty much held tight. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Canucks are getting outshot 8 uh, nothing in the second by the Coyotes. Shout out to Arizona once again. 
we have a battery that has 26%. So we'll rock with that. Because we'll try <laughs> to maybe see if we can get a couple of clips later on on the show here. But PI calls. I, dude, I don't know what the hell the NFL does sometimes when it comes to that. But anyways, besides the point of that, the Detroit Lions ended up beating the Rams and everybody knew it was going to be an absolute just slugfest. And it was at Ford Field in Detroit as the Rams with Matthew Stafford coming back on his revenge tour fell just a touch short. The Detroit Lions ended up pulling that out 24 to 23. Also, I did think this was funny. When you got Dan Campbell running down to the referee to check in the same offensive lineman that was called for ineligible man downfield um, on against the Cowboys right on New Year's weekend, currently ran down to the referee and pointed and said, that one right there is checking in as a tight end. And the dude was literally waving his hand around to make sure that he was seen by every single official. I was laughing my ass off because they were not going to get screwed over on that again. Nonetheless, they didn't need to. We talked about the Eagles and Nick Sirianni's fall from, uh, I guess you could say, grace. And that brings us to the divisional round where we got picks for the week. Houston, Baltimore. On Saturday, game one, 3.30, ESPN, ABC. Before we do that, I have to believe our records are even. uh, Because we picked, I think we both took the Browns, so that was an L. I had Miami. Oh, you took Miami. I had Miami. Okay, so we split on that one. We split on the Packers game. I think we both took Detroit. No, I I had the Rams on that. If we split on that Buffalo win, oh, I'm not two games better than you then because I had Buccaneers, so I had uh, four and two for the weekend. I, I went think. two and four. Oof. Yeah, so there I had you the go. Packers I'm about Buffalo. to I'm about to give it all back. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, four two. No. The big pick for me was the old Buccaneers, baby. Let's go. Well, we'll start here. Houston on the road in Baltimore. I think I'm – this is where I'm going to be – I'm going to go off of all my picks at work because I told them I would be honest in all this. I'm going to go with Baltimore on this. I think C.J. Stroud is still going to play out of his mind, but here's the thing you got to look at too. You go from playing in a dome in Houston on the first playoff game to now you got to go to Baltimore, which is going to be mid-30s, low-20s, high-20s, give or take on that for the weekend. But I still got Lamar Jackson. I think the Baltimore Ravens get it done and go to an AFC title game. Here's the thing. Oh, boy. Uh, You know, RC is a Ravens fan. We do. So I've been subjective to a lot of Ravens football because I don't give a shit about the Bears. Um, (laughs) Baltimore chokes a lot. I do. In games that matter, it, it, outside of the Joe Flacco era. I mean, if you go back to Joe Flacco, uh, when they were playing the Patriots all those years and they mixed in some wins, but recently, and i got to look this up to, to see if I'm correct here. we got the statistician coming up. Um, trying to type with one hand is not uh, going to go well here for me. Baltimore just as a team, hasn't played well in the playoffs. So let's look at it here for a second. 2022 lost in the wild card to 
Cincinnati. So that's a one and done. 2020 lost in the divisional round to Buffalo. So I think that's the year they finally beat Tennessee, I think. Yes, it is. So that's a one and one. The year before that, in 2019, that was a one and done when they got smoked by Tennessee in Baltimore. The year before that, this is all Lamar era, of course, was the infamous absolute choke job they did against the Chargers by literally gifting the Chargers that game back in 2018 playoffs. So, and then you go back, and I think their shot after that, uh, divisional round 2014, I'm pretty sure that's a Joe Flacco-led team. It sure is. They lost to the Patriots by four. So you're looking at one singular playoff win in four playoff appearances for the Ravens. Uh, but but the thing about it is, I don't know that I have any faith in Houston just as a team. I'd have more so, faith in them than, than you would think, though. I think Baltimore gets it done, but I think they make it look immensely difficult along the way. I'll give you that. So give Baltimore the the game here. Uh, I'm just going to look at a point spread here quick. But I, I, I want to say Houston really bad in case everybody listening has, by him and Han hasn't, uh, you haven't picked up on that. I want to say really bad that Houston wins this game, but it's hard to go against Baltimore. Like I said, I think they'll get it done. They'll just make it look hard. Baltimore's nine and a half point favorites. So <laughs> here's my thing. Baltimore wins, but doesn't cover that. I think that'll be a closer game than people give it credit for, but give me the Ravens. The longest uh, most long-winded answer for a pick maybe ever just to come to the same conclusion you did. Well, there you have it. Both of us go with Baltimore. Next game on the list for Saturday, the primetime slot on Fox NFL Saturday. The Green Bay Packers, after coming off of a beat-the-breaks-off-of-Dallas-Cowboys game, come to face the number one seed overall in the league the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if you're looking at playoff history, back in 2012, the Niners, 45-31 over Green Bay. Then you go to 2013, 23-20 over Green Bay on the road at Lambeau. You go to 2019. That, is that the Robbie Gold winner? Uh, I yes. think 2013's way. I thought they played more recent than that because Robbie oh, Gold hit a game winner. I'm getting there. You got 2019, Niners, 37-20 in Levi Stadium at home. Then you go to 2021, and here is the Robbie Gold in the NFC Divisional Championship. You had, excuse me, the Niners, 13-10 at Lambeau on the road. That game was so great because I told everybody all week because that was the Green Bay team that was supposed to, you know, win. Uh, and make a deep run all week. I was like, there's no way. Cause, and they looked so bad and it was so awesome. Cause if you know that, if you know the history of green Bay in the playoffs, they're the same as the Cowboys. They get in they're a high seed. They have a good season. They choke. And if you're looking at playoff history in 2012, they lost in the um, NFC divisional round 
2013 was a wild card. 2019, NFC Championship game. And then 20, uh, 2021 was the NFC Divisional Round once again. Now coming up, we're in the Divisional Round once again. And this is going to be the hottest take of the year. Put me on the love boat because I'm going with the pack. They're going to break the streak. We are so, so, so not close on this one. San Francisco is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I think this game will be an absolute showing of the Packers. I think San Francisco will go in there and absolutely not. Because right now, if we're being honest, the four teams left in the NFC, San Francisco is the best one, and it's not close. It's not. I think San Francisco goes in there and buries Green Bay. Reminiscent to, I think it was Atlanta that did it to him in an NFC title game of, uh, within the last decade. I don't remember when it was. That's the type of game we're going to be looking at here. Because I just have a hard time believing. And I didn't last week with the, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to do it again this week. 49ers absolutely steamrolled the pack. And it won't be close. Well, so here's here's here here's my explanation. I made the pick at the office. And I made the pick last week. I had a little bit of luck on my side, obviously. How long is this luck going to ride? We don't know. Our, we're only two beers in. So, no, this is a completely sober pick because I made this at works. Completely well, least, not against my know, will. But- no gun pointed to my head. But here's the thing that everybody's going to argue. They're like, okay, you've been so high on this 49ers team the entire year. I still am high on this team. Am I just being an asshole? Absolutely, I am. Because, one, here's here's my thing. You You're going to sabotage your own picks just to be an asshole? Wow, what a what a way to make picks. Hey, I'm going to look at too? this. I'm going to look at this. Look at this line. It's a plus 900. Give me that team. I'm going to look at 500 this. bucks on them to roll, baby. I'm going to look at this at the end of the weekend, and if this happens, I'm going to be laughing all the way to the You're going to clip this out. You're going to send it to me and put this on social media. Put some respect on my name. So, That's what I should have had you done with uh, Tampa Bay when they beat uh, yeah. the Eagles. Well, and so here's my thing also. You got to look at how how this Niner team is Niner team is and how out of probably sorts this Green Bay pick as assholeish as it may be and idiotic. I feel like you are trying like crazy to make this sound like a good pick. It's not. And trust you're, like, me, it's definitely this up not. As you're going along and I love the fact you're trying to make this sound really smart. Oh, I'm not so making <laughs> This is no, this is going totally against me because you look Christian McCaffrey has totally developed an MVP type season. You've got Brock Purdy who is now in his first full season officially led his team back to the playoffs, led his team back to a top seed in the NFC, led them to a divisional game at least for now. And then you've got Brandon Ayuk on the outside. You've got Debo Samuel who is looking like the Debo of old. Then you've got You got a Start talking about your Packers. This is all 49ers. Give me a, give me a second. Give me a second. Now, here's here's the thing that I like to look at on this. The way the Packers, and granted, yes, you can make an argument that said that the Cowboys were overrated because the Cowboys are overrated every single year. But still, you look at a wideout like CeeDee Lamb, who still arguably had one of the best wide receiver careers in history for Dallas, but also had one of the best wide receiver years out of the entire league, they shut down C.D. Lamb pretty handily. 
He only had nine catches for 118 yards. He didn't have a receiving touchdown. The only real passing threat that hurt him was Ferguson, who was the tight end. And then you look at the tight end for San Francisco, which George Kittle has not been used to his entirety this year. Is that going to change? Could definitely be. But if you can shut down two passing sequences and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, and you can actually stop the run as well as they did against Dallas and Tony Pollard. That is a lot of things going right in back-to-back weeks. That is a lot of things going right in back-to-back weeks. But also, here's now the other side of it. Offensively. And plus, you got Jair Alexander, who's now healthy in the secondary. So now you've got another weapon to be able to do pass coverage. Now you throw it to the offensive side of the ball. If you can keep Aaron Jones running, because San Francisco's defense is still not number one in the league when it came to that. Now you have, if you can get Aaron Jones to run the ball, you can get A.J. Dillon back for a week if he's healthy. That's two running backs that you can platoon right there. Then you throw it out to Romeo Dobbs as well. Watson will be back, so you can get those two mixed up into it. And Jordan Love against Dallas' secondary was tearing them up, tearing them up and tearing them apart just bit by bit. You look at the last few weeks that Jordan Love has actually played, and everybody was saying at the beginning of the year where Jordan Love was not going to be this quarterback that develops into anything. Personally, I think if you look at his resume from then till now, the amount of growth and the amount of just comfort he has in the pocket of being able to call his shot and actually figure out the system the way that Matt LaFleur wants that to be figured out, I think that Jordan Love could honestly make this a little bit better of a situation than it actually is. So, so let me ask you this. Okay. Your wonderful Green Bay Packers last week needed 48 uh, to beat the Dallas Cowboys. They gave up 32 in the game. How many points does Green Bay score this week to get this done? Well, here's the thing. I would say, based off of the past playoff records against the 49ers and based off their just resume against the Niners, the Niners tend to score upwards of 23-plus, except for the 13-10 to 10 in 2021. So I have to say the Packers need to at least score 25. They need to get over that 25 hump to be able to put that kind of offense offensive bug to bed. Then... So over 25. Yes. Wait, is this the entire? Oh, no, that's not playoffs yet. Sorry, I was looking at something else. But Packers need to score over 25. But here's here's where the Packers are going to suffer because everybody knows if you're a Packers fan in the playoffs, there's an interception in the last two minutes of the game or there's a missed field goal in the last... 10 seconds of the game. Those two options need to be cut and eliminated if you want to be winning this game against San Francisco. And that is all the time that I have for questions. Thank you. So I'm hearing (laughs) this is... Thank you, Coach. So I'm hearing this is not going to be a one-possession game. If it's a one-possession game, they will. I I would definitely agree with that. San Francisco is going to maul. It's not going to be close. So now we move to the Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions. Lions in this game are favorited because they're at home by six and a half points. What do you got? Uh, I'm going with the same picks that I made earlier in the week. I'm weirdly going with the Bucks. The Buccaneers. So you have a Packers-Bucks 
title game. The two, well, I guess the Bucks technically weren't the lower seed. Don't don't uh, make it sound so idiotic. We've seen a lot worse happen in the playoffs. <sighs> but yes. But you have two of the record-wise. You have two 10 and 8 teams making the title. All right, you know, I respect that. Um, and I, 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 it's weird to say. I said it last week. I went against you last week on it. And this just feels like it's the Lions' time. Really? If they can somehow get Green Bay, like you said, to beat, uh, beat San Francisco, then the door really opens up for something crazy to happen that I didn't think I'd see in my lifetime. But there's a lot that has to happen. And like I said, San Francisco is going to steamroll them, so it's not going to matter. But it just, as an outsider of this game, as an outsider that has watched like 10 minutes combined of football this year, the one game I did get a chance to watch a good chunk of was the Detroit Lions versus the Dallas Cowboys. I have never in my life of watching football seen a head coach four different times go for a two-point try to win the game and on oh. each try, have a chance to kick an extra point and tie the game. Say, nah, we're going for two. Dan Campbell, literally in an interview after that, he said, no, we. Uh, the only time that we were going, we're not going for two is if we got outside of, or got outside of the 15-yard line. Dan Campbell literally said, unless we're outside of the 15 or the 20, we're going for two. And that, I'm like, what? That is a special, that's like a Mike oh. Tomlin level of confidence in your team. Not this year because this team's been shaky at best, but in years past, that's what that's a Mike Tomlin sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Give me the Detroit Lions. I can't believe I'm saying it two weeks in a row, but give me the Detroit Lions. I feel like having said that, six and a half points seems like a lot in that game. Uh, but now that I'm curious, we'll... Well, and we'll go through the playoff history here as well for the Lions because everybody knows that if you're a Lions fan of the playoffs, it's not your 1993, friend. 1993, baby. First time. I was going to see. 91 was played. the first time or was the last playoff win before. So Detroit beat the Tampa Bay Bucks 20 to 6 earlier this year. Uh, 3 nothing after 1, 10 3 at half. Detroit led 17 6 going into the fourth and a field goal. Uh, where Goff went 20 or 30 of 44, 353 and two touchdowns. Mayfield went 19 of 37, 206 and an interception. So for playoffs, so, yeah, they have played this year. For playoff wise, 32 years was the last time that the Lions had won a playoff game since last Sunday. That was 1991 versus Dallas on January 5th, or should be 1992, but it was the 91 playoffs. And then from there, it went on from a series of losing. Lost in the 93 wild card to the Packers. Lost in the 94 wild card to the Packers. Went 95 to the Eagles. L, by the way, all these are L's, so I'm not going to say losses anymore. 97 was Tampa Bay. 99 was the Redskins. And then most recently, the last three playoff losses to the Saints in 2011. The Cowboys once again in 2014. And then the Seattle Seahawks back in 2016. So then, there you go. The Lions do not have a favorable route to get to the Super Bowl. They now have Jared Goff, which everybody thinks is the saving grace, and it very well could be. you got Aiden Hutchinson at the defensive end who is just tearing it up and just being an absolute monster. 
for this Lions defensive status. You've got Amon-Ra St. Brown as a big wide receiver target, as well as Hopkins out there as well. Um, so now it's just a matter of, and then you've got Josh Gibbs as well running the ball for Detroit. So the offensive side is there. Tampa Bay is as well when you've got a weaponry as that. But we're both split on that as well with me at Tampa, JC at Detroit. My NFC title game looks like it's just a total you don't know sports at all. Well, the Packers pick makes it look like I don't. My explanation makes it look like I still do, and I'm just a dick. So, I don't know the explanation necessarily helped your cause. but sure. does not. I've got the old Lions and the 49ers. Final game is an interesting one. Buffalo at home favored by three over Kansas City, a team that everybody thought fell off. And yet, here we go once again, our one win away from an AFC championship appearance. What do we got in this one? I got Kansas City because I'm sorry, Buffalo, but you guys against KC in the playoffs. Could this be the year that you break it? Because obviously I picked the Packers to break it against the Niners. But I think that if you look at a team as good as Kansas City in the playoffs and you look at the the history of Buffalo, even though Josh Allen against um, Pittsburgh looked absolutely phenomenal, um, you got the way that this offense has been playing this year, still even with a little bit of their struggles, they've been playing good. I've still got to go with Kansas City because I don't think that you're going to be able to stop stop what Mahomes can do in the playoffs, and that's that's saying something. So I've got Kansas City going to the AFC title game versus Baltimore. It's a real good thing I have a four-game lead because I can't blow it this weekend, but by God, I'm going to try. Give me the Buffalo Bills at home to finally get over the hump and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a game that... Take my mic. Oh, all right, we're nope. back. You're good, sorry. Mike just absolutely had a moment there. Um, this is a game that for – I feel like Buffalo needs to win this more than Kansas City does because I feel like everybody expects Kansas City to win this game because Buffalo can't beat them in the playoffs. This is Buffalo's time, man. Kansas City, they're good. But they seem like they're down a little bit compared to what they have been. I'll agree with that. Give me the Buffalo Bills. Bills, Ravens, uh, RC might want to go see the Ravens sometime. Keep that streak alive because Baltimore might have a good shot to get to that uh, Super Bowl. And we might see a rematch if the uh, tables continue to go the way they are with the uh, Ravens 49ers. But obviously we're two weeks away from that being put into fruition. But there you go. Give me the Ravens, 49ers. The Lions and the Bills. You went I didn't with, take a single upset pick this week. You went with all the home teams, and I got the Ravens upset with the Packers, upset with the Bucks, and then I've got the good old Chiefs. So, divisional round picks are set for the Covert Show. You heard it here. And, yeah, it's it's going to be a bumpy one on Saturday for somebody, and it's going to be a, a good day for other people. And you know what? We're just going to... That's why beer is a thing for football. So we're just going to have fun with it and, and go nuts. Wow. Yeah. We have an absolute beatdown going on in T-Mobile Arena in downtown Las Vegas. 4 nothing. Ivan Barbashev has scored again in the second period. He's got two for the game. Keegan Kolasar scored. 
where the hell is this team coming from? God damn. Vegas four, Rangers zero after two. Boy, if Vegas can make this this lopsided, either Vegas is surging again or the Rangers are not that good. Uh, scores elsewhere. Oilers beat the Kraken. Oilers win yet again. That's win number 12. Uh, the Canucks have scored, making it 2-1 at the end of two. The Preds and the Kings have scored. It's 2-1 after two. And apparently we had a goal disallowed in the Flames game because it's back to 4-3. Uh, it was 4-4, but it does seem like that goal was disallowed. And that means seemingly Toronto has hung on to win. That game just went final 4-3. Flames choke a two-goal lead away. And uh, that's one note from the Vegas game. They'll fight off a minute and a half of power play to start the third period. Oh, baby. The Rangers losing by four to Vegas. Well, our sports segments have come and gone. We're an hour and 20 minutes into this podcast, but we got something yeah. different for you because you know what? We told you that we were not going to just be a sports podcast when this whole thing started. And by golly, we're going to keep that promise. We don't have any cool, fun, new, exciting things that bring back nostalgia, except for JC has got the good old game boy sitting there beside him. And, of course, my dumbass decided to make fun of his starting lineup when I believe he still had a Butterfree in the lineup. So, oh, oh my gosh. Did I just hear that Game Boy turn on? Oh, that throws it all the way back. Wow. My goodness, dude. That is childhood in a, if your childhood had a sound and you were a nerd, your top sounds were a Game Boy turning on and a PlayStation 2 turning on and the original Xbox, whatever gaming system or game console, Game Boy you had, those were the sounds of childhood. And I just heard one, and that flashed me back so far. There wow. you go, yeah. Oh. I don't know if you had the camera rolling for it, but you I had did. a good clip there. I did. That, so far, 35 in the Pokédex, four badges won. So before we get to the team, here's kind of a synopsis because I was lectured about not having much to say about it last time after I got roasted about my team. So here we go. We have some notes from play this last week. Excuse me. Caught a level 29 Doug Trio in Diglett's Cave. For those unfamiliar with the game, there is one singular Doug Trio in Diglett's Cave. Wow. Your boy caught it. Woo uh, so nothing but dubs there. Uh, Nidoran evolved into a Nidorino. We toured the SSN, battled some trainers. One a rival actually thumped the shit out of the rival on the SSN, which last time I played this was not the case. Uh, picked up a couple of hidden machines. Defeated Lieutenant Surge in Verm Vermilion City for one badge. Defeated Erica uh, for another badge and beat the game corner. Which, again, those unfamiliar with the old game that corner there, that's the rocket game corner. Uh, the casino, basically, where you pull a poster after you have to fight the guy who says, 
there's nothing under this poster. I'm not being suspicious at all. What are you talking oh, about? Uh, yeah. So there's that. Uh, right now we're hanging out in good old Lavender Town. Uh, and the Pokemon in the box currently. In box number one, you got Nidoran female, Ekans, Magikarp, Spearow. I'm just going through all of them. So if you're thinking this sounds a lot like last time, it will, because we're <laughs> going through all of them. Uh, Spearow, Jigglypuff named Lady Gaga, because I think I'm funny. Uh, Meow, Zubat, Onyx, Diglett, Rattata, Farfetch'd, which I got in a trade, Drowsy, Geodude, Voltorb, Machop, Beedrill. So you'll notice there's some changes coming to the team because Beedrill was on the team last time. Ghastly, Butterfree, Cubone, Haunter are in the box. So you're thinking to yourself, all right, that seems like half the team has changed. Here's our current team we're rocking and rolling with right now. We, I'll even pull up some uh, stats for you on a couple of these. Right now we have a Growlithe, level 27, with a sassy nature that was met in Route 8 at a level 15, and uh, it has been on fire, literally. I mean, it's it scorched through the levels. Uh it has the ability of Intimidate, lowering the foe's attack. Uh, the attacks it has, Odor Sleuth, Ember, Takedown, and Bite. Bite is one of those weird ones that actually affects ghost types. So that was something I learned. So that Growlithe was always one I used. Growlithe, level 27. We got a Mankey, level 27, with a Brave Nature. Met back on Route 3 at level 7. It's got a Vital Spirit ability, prevents sleep. You'll love to see it. Here's where the attacks are. This, this one's going to be pretty stout, I think, if, if I can keep them in the lineup here. Seismic Toss, Brick Break, Low Kick, and Mega Punch. That's, That's his four moves for That's the level, move. 27, level 27 Mankey. Then we have our first new team member. A level 29 Jolteon. Ooh. It's got a docile nature. Met in Celadon City as an EV, obviously. You can only evolve them with the uh, stones. At a level 25 is where we uh, encountered it. It's got a bolt absorb. Turns electricity into HP. Shout out to that. The The... Move sets a little dodgy still, but helping hand, secret power, shockwave, and quick attack for our level 29 Jolteon. Notice how we're doing like a team introduction because last time it was just kind of, you know, we kind of threw the segment together. This time I actually have some stuff to talk about in my team because we're deeper into the game. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm going to get lectured about it, but we'll see. I, I feel like you'll have something to throw at me here. I like the uh, team Nitterino, so far. Nitterino is now level 29. It's a calm nature. We met uh, in Route Three at level six. It's got Poison Point, which is handy because it can poison foes on contact. Uh, the attack set again is 
It's getting there, but it's still a little iffy. A double kick, horn attack, peck, and cut. And that's Nidorino. We got a good old Doug Trio, who I've done almost next to nothing leveling-wise. It's a level 30. Hardy Nature, we met at Diglett's Cave at level 29. It's got Arena Trap, which prevents fleeing. Which is real annoying when you're going through Diglett's Cave without any repel, let me tell you. Oh, yes. Helps level up your team, but the shit's annoying. Uh, the attacks, Sand Tomb, Mud Slap, Fury Swipes, and Dig. Somewhere Chad Gray is saying, can you dig it for those that are Mudvayne fans out there? Anyway, Doug Trio level 30. And the thing you've been waiting for, you're like, what the hell is this starter at? Good old Blastoise. Whoa. We went from Squirtle in last episode to War Turtle. She's now a Blastoise, level 36. Relaxed Nature, Pallet Town at level 5 is where we're introduced to good old Blastoise. It has Torrent, Ups, Water moves in a pinch. Love to see it. The attack moves, Dig, Water Gun, Tackle, and Bite. Well, <clears throat> so in synopsis, Growlithe the fire type level 27, Mankey the fighting type level 27, Jolteon the electric type level 29, Nidorino the poison type level 29, Doug Trio the ground type level 30, and Blastoise the water type level 36. So you got a nine level spread, but when you think about where Growlithe started, and Mankey has been, it's taken a lot to keep Mankey in the lineup at points, but the move set's finally getting there. Not terrible. I mean, the starters, at least every time I've ever played, the starter always seems like it obviously gets weighted, like, super heavy and gets ahead of everybody else move set-wise, but, yeah. Well, I can honestly right now, say... Chilling out in good old Lavender Town. I like the I like the lineup now. I do. I really do. Because once you get that Growlithe to an Arcanine, that's going to be incredibly helpful as a strong fire type. Mankey gets evolved into a Primate. There you're good. You get both the Nitos evolved into a King Queen. You're sitting mighty pretty right there. You got your Blastoise already, and the Doug Trio I think is good. So And especially you got a Jolteon as well. You can always throw a good Electric type in there. So I do like the... The type spread is definitely there. And honestly, the, the one thing that I really like, you said it earlier, Growlithe with that bite move, because bite affects ghost types because it's mostly a dark type yeah. move. I really, really like using that, especially as you get kind of like later on and you really start fighting a lot more ghost type Pokemon. It really, really works out for you. And especially just as it gets to an Arcanine when it is stronger, that bite move is 10 times more effective. So I like that, that move set in there, honestly. So, yeah, there you go. We got rid of both Beedrill and Butterfree. Uh, Butterfree was the harder one because it had confusion. But, I mean, once pretty much the second I was able to catch a Growlithe, the bug types were done. Oh, yeah. Like, there was no way I was going to keep a bug type in the lineup because, you know, you can only have so much room when you have Blastoise that's got to stay in there. Uh, Jolteon that's got to stay in there Growlithe that's got to stay in there uh, Nidorino that's going to be a Nidoking will stay in there 
really the only two you can move on is Doug Trio and Mankey, but we'll have to see what we can conjure up because, I mean, part of me wants to put the Haunter back in the lineup because there's a lot, I think it's like a level 20-something. If you can get it but to then a again, eh. Getting a Gengar is going to be huge because Gengar is one of the, I wouldn't say underrated power, powerful Pokemon, but Gengar is definitely up there on Pokemon that got a lot of power, especially as a ghost-type Pokemon. I mean, it's a good Pokemon to have, so I would consider keeping a Hauntor in the lineup. Haven't put it in there yet, but there is some consideration for that. I might, I don't know, it might surprise everybody, but I'm kind of thinking Doug Trio may be the one that gets, because Mankey, if you keep it in and get a Primate, you're in good shape. I'd probably take a Primate over Doug Trio, but We'll have to see how it plays out because uh, uh, there you go. That's where it's at right now. And My goal is to play it enough each week to have a small update, which this next week might be a little more tricky, but well, know, we'll see what we can do. You got a, you got a how-many-hour flight? I would be. I would take a quick nap and, and get, some, get some Pokemon going on the good old flight A. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of either that or cracking open a book, but I mean, if I'm being real, my first flight is going to be me sleeping the whole time anyway. Hold on so, here. Hold on. We're going to take cracking open a book over flipping on the old Game Boy? What are we? In middle school having to get those AR points? Come oh, on, no. bro. No, no. shot. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a that's a core memory that I oh. have forgotten about that I've now brought back to the light of day. Core memory and I don't that know was how a feel about that. core memory though. That was a core nightmare, buddy. Dude. I didn't say a good memory. <laughs> Dude, I didn't my... say a good memory. My brain. I'm not in the teaching profession, man. Oh. It, it clearly, it wasn't a good memory for me. Oh. So, okay, you want to know how I cheated my way through doing that in, like, fourth and fifth grade? Mostly because... I can't wait to hear if it's, like, every other kid and how they cheated the AR system. <laughs> I hated reading, and I still do to this day, and whoever's just going to argue with me yeah, can just in say... In the chat, they're reading. <laughs> I mean, I... me too. I've been trying to do better, but, uh... I mean, if I'm completely honest, yeah, it ain't great. Dude, my, like... The small side of my brain that just the attention span turns off in five seconds. Like, I, I, dude, and I read slower than shit. <laughs> I will I will air myself out of this chat. My reading skill on just sitting there going from page to certain page. Oh, dude, it takes me so freaking long, mostly because I just so, cannot sit and fucking focus. So what I'm hearing is, you don't, you're, the comprehension's probably... <laughs> Not very good either. Oh no, if someone dude. was like, read ten pages and tell me about it. There's probably going to be a bit of a bit of a tough go with that. Actually, no. My comprehension was fucking flawless. I just couldn't sit there and pay attention for literally, dude. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> reading, I know, is knowledge, and reading is everything, dude. To me, I'm just reading words on a page, and I'm like, I'm sitting there just <laughs> like, duh. Like I'm, I'm losing brain cells. So, my way of getting through, especially like... Little, 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 little
damn it. My way of cheating through this was back in the good old days, I read Magic Tree House. Atta boy. It was so Where you get the plot, and you can pretty much guess the rest of it within 10 pages of cracking it open. You love to hear it. I feel so bad for admitting that, but dude, it's I true. I thought you were going to say the age-old, read 10 pages at the beginning, read 10 pages at the end, and read 10 pages on the middle and roll the dice that nothing important happens outside no. of those like, small percentage and skim the rest of it. Bro, no. That's, that's what I did. It, it, it worked, except for when it didn't. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> it's probably about a 70% success rate, which is good enough for what I was doing. Oh, 70% of the time it works every time. So, yeah, we had Common Core Math last year. Now we have so many times we can crack jokes about reading books. <laughs> oh, bro, I had a buddy who did this. Like, it was it was nothing. He read Gone with the Wind. Do you know how many pages fucking Gone with the Wind is? It's an 800-page fucking book. I'm guessing more than the Magic Treehouse books. Like, quadruple. Dude, it's an 800-fucking-page book, and this kid read it? I don't think that oh, uh, and Magic he's... Treehouse books are 200 pages long. Dude, I barely even remember if they're 100. <laughs> this kid read it. Uh, oh, shout out to Comic Core. Nick has no idea how many pages are in there. This kid read an 800-page book, took the AR test, and got literally 100%. And I'm sitting there, this and I'm like... This kid was stacking up the points, man. Dude, That's he, like a bazillion points when you're, like, fourth grade. It was it was over 100. And we did, like, plastic feet. So, like, we got these, like, little plastic feet that we hung on, like, necklaces that we could wear when we went to the library. My, my chain was... Itty bitty. This dude literally had the feet chain like wrapped around, and it honestly sounds so much weirder now that I say it. But he had. I was gonna say I was gonna wait till the <laughs> self realization of wait, what am I saying right now? Bro, feet it's chain. so true. Out this of was context, a... <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> this was a Catholic school. <laughs> oh yikes! Good God. <laughs> We're airing everything oh, out. No. Oh my god! Also, oh, so here's your guys' no. take. If you guys last this long in the podcast when it comes out, any social media posts that you guys see, please comment AR so we know that like AR points, oh, so we man. know that you guys made it through here. Anyways, yeah, we gets... definitely want to comment <laughs> AR points. So next PTSD episode about talking about feet chains. On this podcast. Well, dude, so... Wow, what is going on? Oh, well, so at the work podcast, they were talking about at the end of it, because my buddy does uh, Warren's Wacky Facts, and for one of them, we were talking about a T-Rex turd, <laughs> way out of context, <laughs> from a hunting podcast. And so they, my boss goes, if you guys have listened this long, this is how we know you have, because somebody will bring it up for the next episode, so we're doing that. But anyways, it gets what the feet story. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but I can't wait to hear how this is going to get worse. For every 100 small feet you had, you got to turn it into a big foot. A big foot at a Catholic school. Wow. The conspiracy theories are setting in. But, dude, he would come in just decked out in his chains and... 
So he read Gone with the Wind, and then he turned around and read fucking War and Peace, and War and Peace is a thousand pages. And you know what? He <laughs> aced that test, too, and I'm just sitting here. This I'm looking- kid is now a doctor that's working on the cure for cancer. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> this guy is smart beyond his years. I think he moved to New Zealand, actually. <laughs> wow. Man, thing, good uh, things are coming up the line for that fella. Man, I'm just sitting here reading ah. my Magic Treehouse book, and he read Aragon. I, I, I'm pretty sure you probably haven't read either of those books to date. No. And he was reading them in fourth grade. No. Because I can tell you, I, what was the first one? I have not read War and Peace, I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> Gone with the Wind. It's an old, for those of you who know it, it's a, it's a movie based off the book. But it's a screenplay, and the screenplay probably takes... Also, this kid would read these books in a day. He read an 800-page book in a day, and it took him a day and a half to read uh, War and Peace. And I'm sitting here like, dude, it takes me a day and a half to even get through, like, two chapters. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Yikes. And, uh... Yeah, F's in the chat for <laughs> reading books unless you're hyper smart uh, and read like 10,000 page books in five minutes. So, yeah. Wow. There you go. Wow. Um, if you guys were wondering how uh, intelligent I am, there there's your answer. Shout out to Magic Treehouse, you know. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, if you made it this far in the podcast, Leave a comment. Uh, Magic Boy, this microphone is killing. God, it's dying. This thing's killing. Huh? All right. Anyway, we back. Anyway, comment oh Magic Treehouse on social media posts. Good Lord. Because that would be. I you made it this that, That's a big shout out to you. Yeah. Because I think after that, do we have any more fun anecdotes for I everybody to figure that. out? <laughs> I, I can't stop that. I thought my Pokemon team that was going to get me out of the doghouse was going to be the topper of the show, and I couldn't have been more wrong if I tried. Sadly, it came incredible. at the very end. That was remarkable. <sighs> we ought to leave with the nostalgic uh, uh, stuff have... at the beginning of the show so everybody gets through the entertaining part. And... Yeah. Uh, Mika's advantage edge scored 40 seconds into the third period of 4 1. No change in the third period. Canucks up 2-1. Uh, and the Preds up 2-1 also in the third period. We'll get no final scores from any of those. But, yeah, I've got nothing else. That is, that's the topper of all toppers. We've, create, we've changed common core uh, mathematics jokes to Magic Treehouse books. It's going to be the new running punchline of 2024. You'll love to hear it. There we go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Boy, if Bush Light wants, if Bush Light makes it two hours into this podcast, code word Magic Treehouse for fifty percent off Bush Light? <laughs> Question mark. Oh my gosh, dude! I I wish, dude. I I can air myself out all day. Like, just I'll roast myself. I don't think I ever have just done it that bad to the point of where I sound like a total just idiot. <laughs> I was going to say, that may be the hardest I've ever heard you laugh on this podcast. And we've had some moments where everybody's like, wait, what? Oh, my God, bro. Well, without further ado, do you got anything else, sir? I, I absolutely do not. 
<laughs> okay. Well, like we said, if you guys have made it all the way through this hour and probably by the time we're done wrapping up, hour and 45-minute episode. Oh, we thank you very much. And make sure you guys leave a post commenting Magic Tree House or comment on our posts saying Magic Tree House. And we'll know exactly what you said. If we had a giveaway, we would do it for you, but we don't got a giveaway, sadly. We might have to cross that bridge if somebody comments Magic Tree House because I would I would be impressed on a very on a personal level if somebody an hour and forty five minutes in knows to comment Magic Tree House. So Dude. we'll have to wait and see. If somebody does, we might actually have to find something for them. But nonetheless, guys, we thank you for listening. However long you guys last on this show, whether or not you go through the antics all the way to get through the funny part of the show of just us laughing and being idiots to the point of you guys still love our meteorology or meteorology reports because they're going to all keep coming because if you come back to the show, you're just going to get more and more and more. And at some point from me, you're probably going to end up losing brain cells and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> But we got our NFL picks in. We got the NHL rundown per usual. We'll get to college basketball on the next round, kind of once the playoffs slow down in the NFL. But, folks, we thank you very much. JC, we hope you enjoy your trip in Newark because that's going to be a total. Hopefully the Devils win something. There you go. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, we're going to wrap it up and let you guys get back to your day, your weekend, wherever you're listening to this from. So without further ado, this has been number episode 77 of The Covert Show. Peace out.